Welcome in, everybody, to another Future Brew here on maizeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, in quarantine, my good friend, John Simmons. John, how you doing? Good. Ready to talk about some Michigan commitments. Yeah, I was going to say, there's been uh, quite some uh, developments over the last week uh, since we last recorded, and it's it, it worked out quite nicely. We didn't usually record on Monday night like we typically do. Uh, just some personal things with me, and and honestly, it, it worked out quite well because we had uh, uh, another addition to Michigan's 2021 football class, and uh, his name is Marcus Allen. He is a three-star wide receiver from the state of Ohio, Clayton, Ohio, to be exact. He's a 6'2", 190, and uh, he is the 494th overall player on the 24-7 sports composite ranking. He is the first wide receiver to commit to Michigan's 2021 class. Definitely not in the mold of the 2020 wide receiver recruits that they had with A.J. Henning and Roman Wilson and Iman uh, Dennis. Uh, Those guys were more shiftier slot wide receivers. Marcus Allen is more so like uh, a DPJ. He's he's uh, you can put him in the slot for sure and he'll be able to get open. Uh, but he's more of the longer, lengthier wide receivers, the guys that go down the field and get the ball. Um, also joining Michigan's 2021 class since the last time we spoke, cornerback Jaden McBurrows. This was uh, a little bit of a surprise. Marcus Allen wasn't too big of a shocker, just uh, considering that uh, the crystal balls were flowing in for Michigan over the last week or so. And uh, he had kind of hinted about it on Twitter. McBurrows kind of came out of left field. Uh, no real notice there with that commitment. But another uh, a solid pickup, it looks like, for Michigan. He comes from St. Thomas uh, down there in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 5'10", 165. He is number 580 on the 24-7 sports composite. So uh, a, a good receiver coming in uh, to help uh, Josh Gaddis in the offense, and then uh, it seems like a pretty good uh, pickup at cornerback for the cornerback room for Mike Zordich as well. Um, I, I guess let me just start off by asking you, John, what, what were your thoughts on these two commitments when they happened, and uh, what do you think these guys bring to the table? Uh, I think they're definitely a good, both good additions to Michigan's class. They're not the type of, you know, Casey Finney, Dominic Giudice, guys that are uh, kind of out of nowhere, low three-star guys. Both these guys have solid offer lists and are near the upper tier of three-star territory, and I think that uh, nobody should bat an eye that they deserve a spot in the class. Uh, Marcus Allen's been a target of Josh Gaddis for a long time. I think he really likes uh, what he brings to the table as an outside guy, like you talked about, someone who can go up, high point the ball, uh, not necessarily be a, a speed uh, demon from the slot like a lot of uh, Gaddis's commits have been so so far. So he kind of mixes up the profile of the wide receiver room, which I think is good. He's he did uh, get a good bump in the latest twenty four seven rankings. Uh, so he's on the rise for sure. And he also his teammates with Rod Moore, who's a top safety target um, out of yeah. out of Claymont uh, Northmont, which is where Gabe Newberg's also from. Uh, Jaden McBurrows, you know, is a interesting one. He has a ton of offers from, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio states of the world. Um, those probably weren't committable. He probably would have had to camp with them this spring um, to actually be able to accept a spot yeah. in class, but obviously he can't do that now. So uh, we won't know, but Michigan, you know, is not on the level of those schools. And I think they're plenty happy to take 
a guy like this who's first team all state in the second highest classification in Florida help St. Thomas Aquinas win a undefe- go undefeated win a state championship. Uh, he had like 15 pass breakups. Uh, he's really ex- instinctive uh, player. He's always got his eyes uh, on where the ball is and where it's going to be uh, so he can easily break up passes or pick them off. Um, he's not quite a burner. He runs like an 11.01 and the 100 yard dash is about a 4.5, um, which isn't, you know, crazy fast, especially at the cornerback position, but it's definitely not uh, slow. He's not going to be a guy like, I don't know, Jeremy Clark or, you know, Channing Stribling who are limited athletically. I think he's fine in that category. Um, so I think they're, they're good, solid pickups. They're not like, you know, raise the alarm battles, you know, uh, headliners of the class, but I think they're, they're good. They make up the meat of the class that I think there's a, a lot of guys like that every year. Yeah, I, I think you put that actually really well. They're not elite guys. They're not going to start their true freshman seasons, more than likely not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they fill up the class. They're the meat of the class. So these are the guys that will come in and provide depth at the very least, probably right away. I would imagine that they would get their hand at special teams um, just given that that's kind of just the way to getting onto the football field at Michigan, at least, is you get your fair share of snaps on special teams and then maybe you'll be able to contribute on offense or defense, just depending on whatever position you play. But yeah, I I think putting it that way, they're the meat of the class, you know, they're not going to be like uh, Ambry Thomas type players right off the bat. They're going to have to fight for their snaps. That's for sure. But no, just looking at what these guys brought on tape, I haven't been able to watch a ton of uh, McBurrows at this point, but I know you did. And you have an article on Mason Brew right now uh, where you scouted him and uh, you guys can go take a look at that article uh, right now on mazenbrew.com. But uh, Allen, Marcus Allen, from what I saw from him, I I, I really thought that uh, the ranking didn't deserve uh, to be as low as it was initially before he got the bump. He was like in the 600s, I believe, before the bump. And just seeing the tape, I thought he was able to get down the field pretty nicely. Uh, had pretty good separation, was really able to bring the ball to him and not vice versa. I, I thought he was really... Uh, good getting down the field and uh, being able to burn the cornerbacks. I, I he's not like a burner speed wise by any means, and I, I haven't been able to find like an official forty time. But just from the tape itself, I thought that uh, what he brought to the table. It's definitely not like these kids that uh, they brought in in this past recruiting cycle. Uh, more so in the realm of of the DPJs of the world and uh, uh, wide receivers along those lines, Amara Darbo perhaps. But I, I really like what Marcus Allen brings just from the tape that I've seen. Uh, I, I think the ranking, if they're able to at least uh, evaluate the tape a little more, and uh, maybe if these camps end up happening in the summer, whether it be like a, like a virtual camp or something, I don't know if they'd be able to put something like that together. But I, I think the ranking – at this point is probably a little more fair than what it was for him at 494, but 600 was just criminal. In my opinion, I, I thought he deserved to be way higher than that. Yeah, I think so too. And, uh, you know, obviously Gaddis agreed. He, he identified him pretty early and yeah, what I've seen, he's kind of, he's not, what's limiting is him as his upside. I don't think he's crazy athletic. Although when I, I scouted him a couple, probably last month at this point um, with, him along with Hal Presley and J.J. Jones, uh, some other outside receiver guys that Michigan's recruiting. And I liked Allen the most because I think he moved the, the most fluidly 
he's just smooth in his breaks and his routes. Um, and so he may not be that uh, super burner guy on the outside, but he has a high floor because of his ability to get open and go grab the ball um, and still, you know, have good contact balance, stay upright, uh, be able to adjust to the ball in the air, which are big things with him. So I think, yeah, it's it's his. I think his athleticism isn't uh, is kind of more limited uh, compared to some you know four and five star guys, which is why they rank higher. And I don't think he displays like a huge, uh, a big established route tree in uh, mm-hmm. high school. I think he runs a lot of uh, go routes, you know, slants, easy ones uh, that kind of just just it's easier for him to you know kind of dominate his competition like that. He had over a thousand yards on only like fifty catches, so he's averaging over. 20 yards of reception, which is pretty easy. We can easily get by the cornerbacks. So I think he'll have to work on his technique a little bit more, um, work on that that route running and kind of, uh, you know, get in the film room with Gaddis to kind of break down how to improve his game there. Yeah. Well, when it comes to the rest of the board here for wide receivers, and we'll hit cornerbacks here in just a minute, but wide receivers, I'd imagine they'd probably want to take one, maybe two more, a couple guys to keep your – uh, eye on in regards to the wide receiver position. Xavier Worthy is a kid that we've heard quite a bit about over the last a few weeks. He's a kid from Fresno, California. He's more in the mold of, uh, I, I think his comp was Deshaun Jackson. And I think he had mentioned that his favorite wide receiver uh, from back in the day was Deshaun Jackson. And this kid can really fly. And there's uh, There was a video that I had quote tweeted from him uh, like a week or so ago, probably at this point where uh, it was actually pretty funny. He had said that uh, he's doing well social distancing and it was him on a track and uh, he was just outpacing the competition by miles and miles. I mean, the kid can fly. He is a burner and uh, on the football field as well. So uh, that is definitely uh, a wide receiver to keep your eye on. He's a four star uh, six foot one, one sixty is what he's listed as right now. And then uh, a little closer to home, Andrell Anthony, he's still being targeted by Michigan. He's more like Marcus Allen. He's 6'2", 175. He's from East Lansing. Uh, Michigan State's really ramped up their recruiting efforts there, too, uh, just with Mel Tucker and and their new staff uh, there at uh, Michigan State. So those are definitely two wide receivers to keep your eye on. There are a few other ones kind of floating around, um, you know, Christian Dixon and guys along those lines, but uh, the a- Andrew Anthony and, and uh, Worthy are probably the uh, uh, the two big names at this point. Yeah, I absolutely love Worthy's film. Um, even oh, if yeah. he doesn't commit to Michigan, I'm going to find a way to write about him because I watch a couple of things <laughs> uh, that he had online, and it just his acceleration is just insane. He plays in the slot. He would be a slot guy, but I think he has you know just as much upside as a guy like A.J. Henning who is – you know, the number 101 prospect in his class. Um, he just gets to top speed so quickly, and his top speed is very fast. He ran, like, insane uh, mid-10s in the 100-yard dash. Um, so he's really, really quick. And so, uh, yeah, I definitely think he's uh, the top target for Michigan right now. Um, you brought him, Anthony. He's kind of – I don't know what's going on with him right now. It's He's been a top target for a while. Michigan's had a crystal ball lead, but it never really seems like – it's a commanding lead, like, a, um, you know, someone like Caleb Tiernan, who ended up committing elsewhere, but he, you know, he just had a slew of crystal balls for Michigan. And yeah. he's always been kind of more borderline between them. Michigan State, you know, he's from East Lansing, so the new staff is prioritizing him a lot. Um, Notre Dame and Penn State are also in there. 
Um, I mentioned Presley as a guy that uh, Michigan's going hard after. He's kind of similar to Allen. He's taller, like 6'2", 190 range. He's from Texas, but uh, he just named Michigan in his top 10, so that'll be uh, a good chance. He has to visit, though, for Michigan to have a shot here. And then the they just offered another guy in Texas who's also an outside guy named J. Michael Sturdivant, um, who just – he didn't move to Texas until his junior season. He's originally from Kansas. So I don't think, you know, the Texas, Texas A&Ms of the world are going to be quite the favorites as they usually would. And I think Sharon Moore, if he gets involved in that recruitment, given that he's uh, from Kansas, uh, went to school in Oklahoma, you know, that's how he pulled Dexon Hill. I think if he got involved there, that would be a pretty uh, pretty big boon for Michigan chances there. I think they could get an official visit from him too. He's like a mid to high four-star guy, so that would be nice. Now, when it comes to cornerbacks, kind of in the same realm as wide receivers for me personally, I think that they would probably want to take uh, one or two more guys just depending on how the board falls. Uh, big names, I, I think the number one guy that and me personally I would like to see Michigan bring in is a kid from Dallas, Texas named Ishmael Ibrahim. Uh, he is uh, a four-star. He's just outside the top 100. Uh, real, real good a cornerback prospect there, but a few other names uh, that we've heard of uh, over the last few weeks or so, Omari and Cooper. Uh, and then obviously uh, Tyreek Chapel is, is the one that's been uh, brought up time and time again. It seems like uh, he's from Philly. I know Zordich uh, has been recruiting him like no other. I think he's just outside like the top 700 or something at this point. He's kind of like McBurrows, just a quick, probably like a, Slot cornerback uh, could maybe play outside, but uh, it, definitely an interesting position uh, for Michigan at this point. It, it's it's kind of just a little all over the place, and then you've got guys like uh, John House the Fourth, uh, Ryan Barnes, uh, you know, kids like this. It's like I said, kind of all over the place. There's not really like a front runner for the top target, in my opinion, at this point. But uh, there are a few kids that they're definitely working on to try and bring into this uh, uh, recruiting class here. Yeah, I think O'Marion Cooper is a guy that the staff really likes. He's another kid from Florida. Um, Ibrahim, I think, is going to stay in Texas. I don't think Michigan has a lot of momentum right now. He released a top 10 with Michigan in it, but they're probably in the bottom half of that. And it looks like he's gotten a couple crystal balls to Texas lately. So he would have to wait uh, to commit, or he would have to wait to take visits for Michigan to have a chance there. Yeah. Um, I think the staff really does like Ryan Barnes from Maryland. They offered his younger brother too recently, who's uh, in the 2022 class. So yeah. I think that's a good sign to like him. He has a ton of a really good offer list too, kind of like a McBurrows type um, where he has the really high, really long offer list, but not the, the ranking to match it. Um, I think Deuce Chestnut, who has a really awesome name, uh, <laughs> he's from New Jersey. And he is a guy that I think Michigan kind of, He's from Camden, which is where Cesar Ruiz and uh, Brad Hawkins played. So when he was offered, Michigan fans kind of thought Michigan would be involved a lot more here because, you know, the pipeline to New Jersey and all that. And then there hasn't been much communication, but lately I think that uh, has been said that Michigan's recruiting him pretty hard. I just don't think he's a super active guy in social media and doing interviews a lot, so look out for him as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's kind of more up in the air right now. They've been making a couple of offers lately to other guys. So, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see where they go from here uh, after adding McBurrows. 
Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I mean, me bringing up Ibrahim, that's more of like a a selfish want than anything. I don't think he's going to be drawn out of the state of Texas either at this point. Just, I mean, with everything going on, this is the big problem with with this coronavirus not being able to make visits is that Michigan would legitimately have a chance with a kid like Ibrahim, in my opinion, at least. Uh, And and now it kind of seems that now that he's not able to get on campus and see what Ann Arbor is all about and be able to continue to forge that bond with uh, a Brian Jean Marie, um, it it really leaves Michigan hanging on the outside looking in. And I I think that's going to be something that we see a lot more of in this cycle, not just with Michigan either, just with a ton of uh, of prospects in general. But um, yeah, definitely a downside to all of this, uh, definitely hurting Michigan's chances with Ibrahim and a few other kids as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely not an established board by any means, but I think at the end of the day, they'll probably take in one or two more kids and uh, uh, call it a day for, for cornerbacks. And, and maybe we'll see a, a safety like Rod Moore come in and and uh, just add to the defensive backfield. And uh, you know, we'll certainly see what all what all happens? It seems like they took a million safeties last year, and and now they're still kind of going after a few safeties, a few hybrid kind of guys. Honestly, I, I could see a kid like Barnes playing safety. Um, I, I wouldn't rule that out in the equation either. But definitely yeah, a lot of versatility with these guys. I think they're recruiting uh, John House, the fourth the guy. The kid you mentioned. So I think they want one of those guys in the class too. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be too upset if they ended up taking one of those guys and kind of just letting them sit back and and grow into whatever position they end up growing into, whether it be safety or cornerback, doesn't matter. As long as they're able to excel and figure it out, um, you know, no skin off their bones, I, I would imagine. But all right, John, we will uh, take a quick break here. We'll come back. And uh, there was a prospect that did not commit to Michigan um, this past week committed elsewhere. So now the uh, board at this position is uh, its definitely going to be interesting moving forward. So we'll talk about that coming up next. And we are going to wrap up today's Future Brew podcast, talking about a kid that committed elsewhere. And uh, his name is David Davikov. He is an offensive lineman from Illinois, committed to Iowa uh, on Monday and committed to Iowa over the likes of Michigan, Ohio State, etc., and uh, it was kind of a surprise to see him commit so early, and uh, for everything to kind of flip the way it did because it seemed like Michigan had all the momentum for a while, and then it cooled. There didn't seem to be a ton of news coming out about him. Um, it, he he's kind of always been like a laid back, not real talkative guy, anyways. Um, but then the Iowa Crystal Balls started uh, flowing in and at that point it kind of seemed like it was just over and then with a snap of a finger he had committed to Iowa so it was uh, interesting to see that happen on Monday and uh, now Ed Warner is going to have to go back to the drawing board after missing out on him and Caleb Tiernan at the tackle spot uh, the board at this point it's it's pretty slim with uh, the offensive tackles and guards, it's still thriving. You still got Drew Kendall and uh, you still got Rocco Spindler floating out there uh, waiting to commit at uh, any given notice. But at uh, offensive tackle, it's it, it's a bit of a struggle at this point. And honestly, in my opinion, at least, John, it, it's not a huge deal if you don't end up getting another uh, tackle prospect in this class. 
you've still got a, a ton of good guys on campus already. You've got some guys coming in in this next recruit in uh, the 2020 class. So if you end it with El Hadi at the offensive tackle to bring in a top 100 guy um, at the position, just one of them, I wouldn't be too overly upset uh, given the fact that you've still already got a, a ton of guys on campus and um, you, you're, it, it looks at least really good with Kendall uh, in the interior. We'll see about Rocco Spindler. That one's kind of teetering back and forth uh, every other day, it seems like. But other than that, uh, the, the board's pretty slim. Um, I, Nolan Rucci, the five-star, in my opinion, it's, it's kind of a lost cause at this point. Um, probably not going to land him. But then you've got this kid, Tristan Bounds, who, who I find quite interesting. He's he's a name that has been brought up time and time again. But uh, it, I, I'm just not sure what to make of this entirely, John. But uh, maybe you can help me out here. Just uh, what are your thoughts on the tackle board at this point now that Dave Akov has committed to Iowa? And what do you think ends up happening here? Uh, I think they do want a guy who can play – left tackle like the big the wide frame guy because El Hadi is kind of like more the right tackle guy he could maybe slide into guard depending on how he uh he develops at Michigan so I do think they want someone with the the length to play left tackle just because there haven't been too many guys that they've recruited in past cycles with that uh kind of profile Jeffrey Percy last year is definitely one of them but beside and Ryan Hayes uh two years before but other than that, there's a lot of guys who are more like right tackle slash uh, interior swing guys. Um, so I think they they want one of those uh, kids. And David Kov was uh, kind of in between that. He's uh, he's not a huge loss in that sense. Like you said, they've already got El Hadi and a lot of other guys, and he's not six eight, two hundred fifty pounds like uh, Piercy or Caleb Tiernan that they can put that weight on. So I think they'll look to guy like Tristan Bounds, the Connecticut prospect who's six seven or six eight and uh, can be developed physically. Uh, Diego Pounds from Southern California hasn't visited yet, so he's kind of still a long shot. Um, but he needs uh, another guy that they offered recently that's picking up offers left and right. Uh, William Reed, the he's a low ranked three star from uh, Washington who also hasn't visited yet. Um, he's teammates with like JT. Tua Malu with the uh, five-star defensive tackle at Eastside Catholic. So uh, he's in a really good program there. Um, I think that relationship's still, still developing there. So there, there's still some tackles on the board. But, yeah, it's kind of narrowing it by the week here. Um, Tiernan goes off the board to Northwestern, and then David Kolf goes to Iowa. So I think if uh, Michigan wants to land one of those guys, they may push for a commitment for, from someone else before uh, they get away again because I think that's kind of what bit them with like the Tiernan commitment. He was probably all in a Michigan, but I don't think the staff uh, pushed at the right moment, and so he ended up going to Northwestern. Yeah, I, I think losing out on Tiernan's probably bigger than losing out on Davikoff. Um, you know, ranking or not, it, it doesn't really matter because they already had El Hadi, who you had mentioned is more of the right tackle guy in this class with uh, Tiernan being more of the prototype a left tackle prospect that they've been going after uh, like Jeffrey Percy in the 2020 cycle, uh, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, losing out on Tiernan was, was a big loss for, uh, for 
Ed Warner and company. And, and uh, honestly, I I feel like Michigan's on the outside looking in with a guy like uh, Dellinger as well. And uh, honestly, I feel like Dellinger is probably one of those guys that's, that's kind of teeter in between uh, right tackle and interior as well. So uh, not a lot left on the board for left tackles. I think at this point, Bounds would probably be uh, the safest bet. Uh, if uh, if you were saying one guy's going to commit, it would probably be Bounds, in my opinion, at least. But I, I mean, it's, it's uh, in my opinion, at least not looking too great for left tackle. So, Again, I I think they do want one, like you had mentioned. I think they would ultimately like a left tackle recruit in this class. But uh, if they don't end up getting one, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, it's not like losing out on uh, like a defensive tackle by any means or something along those lines. Uh, offensive line at this point in this cycle, it, it's kind of just a luxury at uh, at this point to get a guy like Kendall or Spindler or whoever it is, because you've got so many kids coming in and you've already got so many kids committed in this 2021 class uh, on the offensive line. So uh, in my opinion, at least wouldn't be a big deal. Uh, Obviously they are going to continue to go after a left tackle prospect, but uh, if by the time it's all said and done and these prospects are signing their letters of intent and Michigan doesn't get a left tackle, I don't think they would be, too upset about it because um, they've they've got uh, quite a bit of talent still already there. Yeah, if Michigan can survive with John running at left tackle the last two years and him performing well, then a guy like Trevor Keegan or Carson Barnhart or uh, Trent Trent Jones can can play left tackle fine. Um, yep. not, they don't all have to be the six seven six eight guys like Brian Hayes and Jalen Mayfield. You know, there's there's probably more upside there, but there's. Uh, the other guys can be just as well. They can be, I, I think, on both sides of the line. Michigan wants athletic guys who can uh, be versatile in the positions they play. So it, they can definitely. Ed Warner can adapt to either one. Fine. Yeah, I totally agree, John. I couldn't agree more. So yeah, I mean, the board. It's it's certainly interesting to see where where the commitments are at right now. Um, you know, with with eleven players committed. Uh, and, and you've got three of them along the offensive line, I'd say you're probably doing a pretty good job if you're Ed Warner getting these kids to uh, commit and, and commit pretty early on too. Um, so, I mean, the, the offensive line class in general is uh, is pretty good compared to what it may have looked like if Warner wasn't uh, the offensive line coach at Michigan. So uh, things are looking good regardless at the offensive line. Uh, you know, David Cobb would have been a good addition, but at the end of the day, not a huge loss. Um, again, I, th- I think Tiernan was probably the bigger loss, but uh, we will see how those two players uh, pan out in the Big Ten. But um, I, I think that's about uh, all we've got for this week, John. Did you want to add anything about uh, O-line recruiting or this class in general or anything? Uh, I don't think so. I just the, It's going to be heavy on the interior line which is kind of interesting because Michigan just uh, had four guys drafted that are going to play in the interior in the NFL and I think with guys like Jalen Mayfield and hopefully Ryan Hayes in the pipeline uh, that that'll that can kind of uh, end up paying dividends in the trail for tackles uh, once they get in the draft and go probably Mayfield for sure will probably go higher than at least three out of the four guys from this year so 
hopefully yeah. that uh, picks up tackle recruiting a little bit more in the years ahead. I saw a way too early 2021 mock draft and it had Mayfield in the first round. And I, at first I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, but then thinking about it, I mean, he had a really good uh, season this past year at right tackle. His first year really uh, starting at right tackle. And, uh, you know, he, he did a really good job. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him get drafted pr- pretty early if he uh, were to declare – uh, for the 2021 draft uh, after this season, if uh, if it even happens. So we will uh, certainly see all that uh, when we get there. But I uh, thank you for tuning in to this week's Future Brew. Um, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at on Twitter? At Simmons underscore John. And you can follow Maze and Brew at Maze and Brew on Twitter and uh, give a like on Instagram and Facebook and be sure to rate, subscribe, and share all of our podcasts here on SB Nation Podcast Network. Uh, we will be back next week with more Michigan Cruden. Hopefully we can talk about some more commits or just anything in general at this point to get through this quarantine. Uh, this has been a nice little outlet for John and I to uh, kind of escape from all of this for a little bit. So we appreciate you guys tuning in and and uh, listening to us talk about Michigan Cruton, and uh, we certainly enjoy doing it for you guys. So for John, I am Vaughn. We will talk to you guys next week, and go Blue.